previously on the Simply Human Podcast. You know, I made a joke like that on Jason's podcast, and he was just like, dude. Uh, send, <laughs> send all your hate mail to Mark. Yeah. I love women. Mark that. Mark that. I was just about to say that. It's episode 111 of the Simple Human Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is Elizabeth Benton of Primal Potential. We have not interviewed her yet, but I'm sure it will be great. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment with Grace and the Robot Attack. And we'll wrap up with our sympathy with it. How are you? Why'd you say it like that? You said robot attack. Like you're a robot. Robot attack. Is that not? I, I think mean, that's a little bit more robot-y. I think. I've been watching Star Wars all morning. Yeah, I know, nerd. Yeah, I'm a real big nerd. I watched uh, some of the some movies from the uh, most successful movie franchise in the history of the medium. Hey, I'm a huge nerd. How did... Give me my pocket protector and my uh, and my T square. How did Dis- and my abacus? Some other things that nerds use. What, whatever nerd. Um, when did Disney get the rights to Star Wars? Has that been a while, or did that just happen? Uh, it was like maybe. Uh, man, time gets so compressed when you start getting older. I want to say maybe it was like three years ago. Okay. Three or four. It's been within the last five years for sure. Speaking because of, I remember a lot of like the super hardcore Star Wars people were like, oh, they're going to ruin it. They're going to try to make so much money. Yeah, they're going to make a lot of money off of it, idiots. But yeah. they're also going to make a ton of movies. So um, enjoy it. Speaking of critically acclaimed award winning things. Uh, a critically award winning you crapping in your pants at the Revenant. Is that what we're going to talk about again? I did not do that. I did not. Do <laughs> That's that what at you all. reserve for happy moments, not scared moments. <laughs> yes, okay. we the paleo, the paleo, the paleo magazine. I guess is what I was gonna say. The paleo magazine. Paleo magazine has nominated. You can look at us. it on the Facebook. We the internet, the internet. That that makes sense. Never mind. Um, we've been nominated for best blog and best podcast. I have zero idea how this happened because I've seen some of the names, and we were the that first were up against. Yeah, like we were the first I, I don't one know listed. How that happens. I don't know. You know. If, if if one of you is listening right now and you have something to do with that, you because I'm not going to lie here. I don't read Paleo Magazine. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't read it all. Get out of here. I read closed captioning on the television and that's it. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I don't particularly partake in that particular magazine particularly. So particularly. I don't know. But if one of you guys had something to do with this, uh, thank you for, I guess, nominating us or something. I don't know. Thank you very much. It's It's really yeah, and, I, I, and, I think a lot of times people don't mean it when they say this, but I'm dead serious. It really just is an honor to be nominated. We yeah. have zero shot at winning, but it's right. really, really, really cool to be nominated. I'm trying to think who who we are next to like Leonardo DiCaprio in the Best Actor. We're like I get to uh, be Kirk Cameron. He was used to be pretty big actor back in the yeah. We're the 80s. Kirk, we are the Kirk Cameron. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I we went crazy and went off the deep end. And yeah, <laughs> well, he, he might have, didn't he? Well, on this first show. Being a and how do we say that we are a you know have to say he's a he's an Oscar nominated even if they didn't win they can still say they were nominated so I don't think we can say anything yeah, I think we can I think that's the rules oh. we can say we are an award nominated podcast yeah someone nominated us for an award we didn't win well you know what we appreciate it if you the listener had anything to do with this yep. uh, the voting ends and I know a lot of people don't listen to these shows when does it immediately end? as they come out so. It ends uh, January 31st. Okay. So if you're listening to this before January 31st, if you are so inclined, we're not uh, pulling, you know, twisting your arm. I don't really care because we're probably not going to win anyway. But if you'd like to vote for yes. the Simply Human podcast and for best uh, blog, best podcast and then Simply Human lifestyle for best blog, uh, you can find the link 
on our show notes online yeah 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 on our by the way remind me to tell you what colt just texted me it's really really funny okay. uh you can find the uh link on our facebook i'm sure you've tweeted it out and all that stuff yes. you can also find it in the show notes for this Instagram. you can vote for, once for every single email that you have yes. i have four emails I have so like i voted eight. four times because i'm vain that way but yes. uh it just takes a minute and you don't even have to because a lot of those categories i have no opinion on yeah you don't have to fill any of them. You, you only you don't have to fill something out for every single category uh, Jason Seib is also up for several, and Alt Shift is up for several of these. And uh, Sarah Fergoso uh, is up for for yeah. I think one of these. I thought Vote so. Those are people that we're cool with. So you know, consider casting some votes here and there. There, be aware there are two pages because uh, one of our listeners uh, texted or emailed me and Mark and was like, "Hey, congratulations!" Well, I look at the first page and I see none of it, and I was like, ah, "I think this one. I think she went off the deep end over here." Well, no, well, I just didn't hit page to two. submit. So we're on. You can't you yeah. can't submit unless you go through both pages. So. Right, um, so yeah. we're on pa- the podcast is on page two. I think the blog is on one is on page, page one, but whatever. If yeah. you know, you don't even have to do it if you if you want to. That's that's really cool. The awards are given out at Paleo FX. Mark will already be there. I will not, but like uh, so, Mark can be there. And uh, you know what? How about I make this promise, Mark? Can I do this yeah. for you? I don't know. If we win and Mark gets to accept the award, uh, he's going to do it in just his underwear, a speedo. Can you do it just in a speedo? Can yes. you do that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> done there's some incentive for all of you to vote for it yeah we'll easy. have kate, kate galliott's gonna be there we'll make sure she yeah. <laughs> freaking tapes it on her phone well speaking if mark wins he is going to okay no no let me sweeten the pot oh, just geez. slightly he's gonna wear like the tearaway pants that, like basketball players <laughs> wear in warm-ups and if they win mark is gonna rip those off and reveal like a speedo underneath and then he's gonna go accept the award and just a speedo so I feel like that okay. might spur some people on to go vote that weren't Thank already going to do it. Thank you for doing that. And speaking of... <laughs> s- speaking oh, I'm of, just I'm playing with house money over here. Yeah, so. thanks. Speaking of ending January 31st, the $25 30-minute consult. It's a 50% discount. If you're interested in that, email me, simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. And on our first show that we are an award-nominated show, I think I want to <laughs> do loofah talk. Okay. You know I, what I, you, know very, what, you said this a couple of weeks ago, and I was very intrigued. Do you know what loofahs are? Uh, it's like what like women use in the shower to scrub like dead skin away. Oh, hold on. So stuff, they're right? they're gender specific now. They're only women can use them. Well, I mean, I guess anyone can use them. That's a very valid point, Mark. Thank you. So, do you and use generally? A it's, no, I've, I've never even. No. See, I, I for a long time I couldn't remember is the fulla life. What is it? A fufa? Hufa? What? I could never remember what it was called. Lufa. I have used a lufa for probably I don't know a couple of years now. They're very cheap. They're very sudsy. And this is this is not so much lufa talk. As is this like the look the puffy sponge looking thing yes. in, there, in there, or is this like the looks like a piece of coral? No, no, no. It's the puffy sponge looking. Oh, thing. Oh, okay. I've used one of those before. You okay. squirt like like body soap, yes. like the liquid body soap right. in there. Okay, yeah, I've used one of those. Before. And I guess this if, is in a pinch. So this is. Half loofah talk, half just sort of shower etiquette. Hmm. What is the well? Order? You're a bark up the wrong tree. I literally have pissed in the shower oh. every single shower I've taken for the last 25 years. Oh, me too. Yeah, I, I thought that was standard procedure. Is that is that weird? I feel like it should be. Yeah, we should all understand it's, this. But it's all yeah. as George said. It's all it all as it goes to the same drain, right? It's all the same when he pees. That's very shower. true. Yeah. What is the order that you wash if you're using a wash rag or a loofah or something like what is the body part order of of washing i've done a lot of actually legitimate thinking about this this sounds like you're setting me up but i had no idea we're gonna talk (laughs) about this uh so typically i use uh i don't use a loofah but like i've been using a washcloth 
lately because I don't want the bar of soap in my shower because it creates a lot of soap scum. We're still trying to keep it clean for the stupid putting on the house in the market, all that garbage. So um, I've been using like uh, the combination shampoo slash body wash, like yes. all that comes in one thing. So I have to I put shampoo in my hair and then I put a couple squirts of the stuff on uh, the washcloth. Do you still use Perk Plus? inside joke that no one will understand except for i think one person that (laughs) listens to this so that was for you nate pert plus joke honduras so (laughs) i uh well first like i'm doing the uh like my arms and uh stomach chest area and i go in order of perceived filthiness okay because i don't want to like wash my nards first and get like my nard germs all over like my chest and stuff but does it matter so because it's soap. Well, that's uh, see. That's also what I've thought about. If it's soap and makes it clean by virtue of it, it being soap, should it matter that I'm not washing my balls before <laughs> I'm washing my chest? And I don't know. The answer is I don't. It's a. I feel like we need to get a scientist no, on the I, show I, to answer this question. You know what? For me. I, here's an idea. Call us at five three zero forty two human and and tell us if if what you do because and and, and then we'll and then we'll. We'll play the recordings, you know, because I, a lot of times, before, without even thinking about it, I will w- wash my middle section, kind of the section that's in the middle. Like stomach? Of, of my body. No, even balls. more, or even more middle, the front and the back of my middle area. And mm. then I'll get that loofah and I'll just scrub it all over my face. And oh, yeah. Dude, I, I don't think you can do that. Yeah, see, I don't. Hey, but let me ask you this. Do you have a drying strategy? Oh, Mark. oh, I, I always, take it by your silence. You don't. I always go hair first, left arm. Right oh, no, no, no. Arm. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the actual geographic location on your towel. Like, oh. are you, you, oh my God, no, you I don't just, do this. I just grabbed okay, the towel. This and... like struck me in like about 15 years ago that, oh my God, I've been doing it wrong the whole time. And so my drying strategy is the part of the towel, uh, let's call it maybe about five inches by five inches square. That's right in the corner where the tag is. Okay, that's what I use to dry my nards with. And then you okay, go, and, that, and then because you use I, so the rest I make real good, real sure that that part is not going to be touching my face and wiping my face off or anything like that. I, I also use that part to like dry the tops of my feet if I need that done. But like uh, usually I can just go without that. Yeah. But uh, I'm very very careful not to inter- intermingle. And I also went as far as to think about, hey, maybe I should have two separate towels, like a hand towel. For drying off my nuts, and then like the regular towel we, for everything can else. Can we say but instead of saying nards? I think nards, I can keep it compartmentalized appropriately, doing it like just the corner of the towel. I feel like that's you're being a little gross. I want can we can we start saying the the uh, intersectory areas of our bodies? I feel like no one knows what you're talking about <laughs> when you say that. That is the and any chance that I can get to say nards yeah. because uh, I'm trying to bring that back where that word back from like 1990. But if, but if you'll notice, the places that stink the most are the are the places that intersect. Right, it's the places where two body parts meet. Those are the nastiest parts. Yeah, like your 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 neck and your shoulder. No, they don't. They don't like. Yeah. they're not like touching each other. They are separated. I'm talking about when when two when skin is touching because of uh, intersectoriness. It's not a word. Oh, anyway. All right. Well, call us five three zero forty two human. And we there's no. We chance. didn't talk about this, by the way. Well, the, it's oh, like a little kind of. It's I guess it's a. I can't thank you real well for the idea, but. 
uh, he's the one who originally told me about this, and I told you. It's basically like look at it as like a voicemail hotline. Yeah, we can't. But like, I'll, no I'll one never picks answer it. It, yeah. it just leaves voicemails. Yeah, I'll and get Lonnie Beecham has been like blowing it up. <laughs> <laughs> he texted me the other day. It's like, hey, you got to listen to some of these, so I got to get some of those from you. But uh, you can just call and leave like a short voicemail. Three minutes. Uh, up to three minutes. Three minutes. Up to three minutes long. And uh, man, I tell you, I, I feel like the the sky's the limit with the creative potential on this. Yeah. So. Leave us some funny voicemails. Well, it can I'm be right. a super short, like well, funny story or something. What we or, want you to do you know, with it someone now, can call and just make a bunch of fart noises. Like, do that. We'll figure out a way. We'll figure right? out how to use it. But for now, if you want a specific reason to call, tell us what your bathing, your soaping strategy is, and maybe we'll use that in crosstalk like next week or something. Five three zero. Forty-two human. human. It was the only number. To, uh, please tell human. me you tried to get sixty-nine. Human, I tried right? to get fifty-two and sixty-nine, and forty-two is the closest I could get. <laughs> I, I went through all the numbers in the whole. Try year. to get a sixty-nine. Huh? United, all you get was an eleven. United States. Slang there perfectly still. <laughs> awesome. Well, okay. Let's get to our interview with Elizabeth. Go to the website, simplehumanlifestyle.com. Go to the store page. There is a donate button and then a, a list of all the things that Oh, my love. God. Pause very quickly. Real quickly. So I'm on my work computer in my car the other night messing around with something, and I'm like, oh, I need to look and see on the website something specific. And apparently, somehow, my work computer recognizes simplyhumanlifestyle.com slash whatever. Yeah, I saw that. pornography. Yeah, why? Like, it blocked me, and I was like, why is it blocking me? Okay, maybe it doesn't want me buying stuff online, spending, you know, work time buying stuff online, or maybe it doesn't want me looking at blogs. And then I looked at the reasons, like, blocked because of pornography, and I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. So, like, uh, there's some IT log somewhere in the city that has me trying to, like, look at porn at 2 o'clock in the morning from my car, like, 20 times in a five-minute time span, so... Uh, yeah, that, that perplexed me. I don't I have no idea. We're, we're very family-friendly on the blog. And There's I, just only one picture of Mark Strangus on there. Right, it's just one. I don't understand. He's squatting. That's not porn. It's, that's me it's it's showing art. you how I poop. It's art, if you will. <laughs> All right, well, go to the website. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Periscope. I'm doing terrible on Periscope. I just got it fixed. Oh, I dropped a shotgun on my phone and obliterated it and had to go spend a ton of money on getting a new phone. Is a whole long story, but I got my phone back up and working again. Um, so don't, don't drop a shotgun on your phone. Uh, it will break. The tip um, of the week. Yeah. Um, and so let's get to our interview with Elizabeth. Um, I have not... Actually, a listener emailed me and said, hey, you need to check this girl out. She's doing great stuff. I checked it out, and I was like, yes, definitely she is right in line with us. Uh, and so here is Elizabeth, where we talk, just like when we talked about with Jim Laird, just some stuff. I don't know what it's going to be. It's just a bunch of crazy stuff. Joining us today on the Simply Human podcast, we are pleased to welcome Elizabeth Benton to the show. She is the sort of the owner and author of PrimalPotential.com, and I like uh, under my story on the website, it says, Hey, I'm Elizabeth. I'm so happy that you're here, uh, so you can get to know me, and I can learn how I can best help you. And then it says... Uh, I help people who are tired of dieting, tired of not getting results, tired of not being consistent, and tired of the same old, same old. And it's very like short. It's a stink. You don't list off a whole big long line of letters and stuff. It's just like this is the deal. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How are you guys? Very, very good. I'm very pleased to have you join us today. And I will, I will say, um, after you know researching your uh, website and your Facebook page, and we'll have all links to all this stuff, primalpotential.com and the Facebook link and all that, uh, very impressed with all this stuff. And I, I'm actually, quite honestly, I'm surprised that I have not run across your website before because it is so in line uh, with, with the Simply Human podcast. So I'm glad that our paths have finally uh, crossed 
Absolutely. We got we to gotta band together to <laughs> bust all these myths out there yes. that are frustrating the heck out of everybody. Yes, yes. And let's- I think that's the biggest word in, like, honestly, like in the whole, whatever you want to call it, the paleo primal, whatever movement, is frustration. Oh, my gosh. Because yeah. if you follow what, uh, you know, the Ansel Keys conventional wisdom, low fat, high carbohydrate diet, you will never. You, you might see results if you cut your calories down to something crazy like 1,100 or 1,200, but eventually you're going to eat again, and then you're going to expand, and you're frustrated. You're left frustrated. So I think that's the biggest yeah. keyword, yeah. I think, in what we're trying to get out there, right? Yeah, and, and I, we're going to get onto all this, and I, I'm writing down myths and results. But before we do all that, Elizabeth, I want you to tell your story because it is a fascinating story, and it is one that I think will inspire our listeners. So tell us about yourself. Sure. So I am a bit of an anomaly in this space of fat loss and health and primal paleo, whatever. Um, You know, I'm not one of those women that shows my before picture and it was like putting on my freshman 10. No, I spent most of my life obese, like seriously obese, creeping up on 350 pounds. But the interesting thing about that is while I was putting on weight, while I was at my heaviest, not only was I always on a diet, I wasn't just some like lump on a log sitting on the couch overeating. Granted, I was overeating. I'm not going to lie about that. But I was obsessed with weight loss during the climb from age five or six at my first diet. I was always obsessed with weight loss. So much so I walked away from my full scholarship in I had a scholarship in Latin and Greek of all things in wow. college to study nutrition because I was like, I need answers. I need to understand why the more I diet, the more hungry I am. The more I diet, the more weight I put on. The more I diet, the more my hormones get out of whack and the more my metabolism slows down. Like what in the world is going on? And I didn't find answers. <laughs> I got the degrees to prove it. And then I worked in the health industry. I worked in the dietary supplement industry and I was at my heaviest. And it wasn't until I unlearned everything that my conventional education and my mainstream kind of work experience taught me about nutrition and fat loss. It wasn't until I unlearned all of that that I lost almost 150 pounds. And what's crazy to me, and if somebody had said this to me a few years ago, I probably would have kicked him in the face, was that (laughs) it it was... easier than I ever thought that it had to be. It was always such a fight for me to lose five pounds and I was miserable and I was obsessed and it was such hard work. But once I like dropped all of the mainstream garbage that was just really messing up my metabolism, it actually for the first time ever felt almost effortless. And that's what I work with my clients on now to get them to the same place where it's not such a battle all the time. Well, so let's let's unpack that a little bit. What were some of those things like what was like the first aha moment you had where you were like, wait a second, I, I've, I've heard this, I read this somewhere, I didn't believe it, I'm going to try it, and this is against everything that I know, but I'm going to do this. Like, What, was, what were some of the things that, that, you know, that you encountered like that? Sure. Well, you know, obviously being in, on diets from a very, very young age and studying nutrition and teaching nutrition even, it was always about like calories in, calories out, right? Right. And... That seemed to make a lot of sense to me. Eat less, move more, lose weight. Okay, got it. But then I was like, wait a second. I'm a very linear, logical human. And I was like, who's to say 
Obviously, if you eat less than what your body needs, your body has to make up the difference. But fat loss isn't the only option. And we act like it is. But your body could burn muscle. Your body could go into what I call metabolic neutral and just downshift everything, including your metabolism. So you're burning muscle and you're slowing your metabolic rate. And you're seeing the numbers go down on the scale. But you are hungry all the time. You're experiencing cravings all the time. You're having hormonal chaos in your body. And then the weight comes on like bananas, right? And so I was like, fat loss doesn't come from calories in, calories out. It's more than that. And so when I realized, okay, I have to figure out what the more than that part is, everything shifted. Yeah. Cool. So like, do you, what, what were the, like the, the who, who influenced you? What were the books you read, the articles, maybe uh, the podcast you listened to? Yeah, because that's what I'm interested in. You said you had to unlearn all the stuff that you did yeah. learn. So where did you right. learn the new stuff that you replaced from the old stuff? Yeah. So I realize, like, I am a podcaster, right? I am a coach. I go, you guys are podcasters too. So this is totally like not in the in the podcast speak playbook at all. Uh-oh. But I'll tell you what, I had to realize that over information and looking outside of myself for answers about my body was a real problem. Yeah. Because I think that one of my biggest issues was I wasn't paying attention to me. I was paying attention to what everybody else said. And I was concerned about, well, this says low fat and this says high fat and this says meat is good and this says meat is bad. My body is going to give me all of the answers. And so I really... This was you know a few years. I didn't know what podcasts were. I know they existed, but I didn't know what podcasts were. And I had read all the books I could get my hands on. That was creating more confusion. So I actually was like, I don't need to know more. I need to do more and I need to pay more attention. So my big thing was my body is going to give me all the feedback I could possibly ever desire. I just need to start paying attention to that and not everybody else and all the noise. How much better is what your body, how your body responds to something rather than some mouse in a research study done in, you know, England or something like. Or my personal trainer who has 15% body fat and isn't looking like what, what my body needed for the hormonal conditions for fat loss is very, very different from how somebody else maintains their lean physique. I was insulin resistant. I was carb sensitive. So... For me, looking for answers from other people or saying, oh, she looks like I want to look. I'm going to eat what she eats. Dude, that was just not it for me. Yeah, that, that, all that is just like is so good. But hey, let's go back to you. You mentioned something uh, a second ago. You said when you were five or six and started mm-hmm. your first diet. Talk oh, about, yeah. Talk about that. How did that So happen? it's funny. I, I was I have, like the I token five, fat kid yeah, I in have a five and six year old family. I have five and six year old daughters is why I ask. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I hear that and I'm thinking like my, my stomach, I kind of hurt in my stomach oh. when you say that, you know, so sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. This has been a, a literally a lifelong battle for me. So I come from a very lean, tall family and I'm like maybe five, five and most of my life was obese. Um, and so there was a lot of pressure. In my family. And the thing is, so just long story short, my mom was very ill when she was pregnant with me. And it makes sense now, though we didn't know this then, in utero, my metabolism slowed to a crawl so that I would survive, right? Right. So they thought that I would be this scrawny, sickly baby. I was a heifer. Like, (laughs) I was a, like, roly-poly thing, right? And so there was a lot of pressure. And in hindsight, my mom will say she felt like my weight was a reflection on her abilities as a parent. And so there was a lot of really negative, unhealthy pressure for me to lose weight from 
honestly probably aged like three or four. Oh. And I very clearly remember being on a diet as, as a five-year-old. I remember going to Weight Watchers meetings as a oh, seven-year-old or eight-year-old and oh being gosh. with all these middle-aged women talking about, you know, eating microwave popcorn and sugar-free jello. And I'm like eight years old. Oh, man. That, there's just... Oh, yeah. makes, like, totally will jack you up. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's, that, there, that, there, that, like Mark said, like that, that just makes me uncomfortable. Like I, and I, <laughs> I'm not like, judging your experience or anything like that. But, like, cool. The fact that like in this world that we live in now, we're sending a child that young and I, I'm not judging your mom. That's not like what Go I'm ahead. trying to do. Well, that's here what she, she's, <laughs> she's trying to, you know, she's, she, she's trying to look out for you in the, the way that she knows how, which right. may not be, which may be a bit misguided, but the fact that that's even happening makes me want to like just crawl into a hole and cry. Yeah, well, and very few people are ta- are talking about how to work with kids because you do want them to be healthy. My mom's intentions right. were wonderful. Yes, her methods were atrocious. Right, well, that's right. Same- and that's like I was kind of chubby as a kid, and my parents, looking back, they kind of didn't really know what to do about some of that. And I could look back at some of the conversations we had that like, Oh, that's what they were trying to get across. I didn't, you know, they were being far too subtle about it. But like, yeah, that's the thing. Like no one is discussing, like, what do you do yeah. when you have a child that's, you know, right. five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and is, you know, kind of, uh, kind of right. leading towards an unhealthy kind of body type. Right. Yeah. I guess. Well, and, and like with my mom, I don't know. And, and if she's listening, I don't think, you know, I don't think, I'm not saying anything that I wouldn't want her to hear right now, but like she struggled with her, her health for a long time, the large majority of my life doing the things. It's like you said, like you were always dieting. You were always, she was always on like Shasta or what was that? Like the Shasta. It was some weird, it was like the the soda. There was, well, there was, hold on. There was some like Baylor fast. There was like all this weird stuff that she was always trying and she was doing everything that mm-hmm. she was being told to do and her health has not improved at all. And and, once and we keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. We change it just enough to think it's different, but it's the same stupid strategy disguised, but we're sold it by somebody who's trying to make money. Right. And then, and then when you start trying to tell people, like I'm working with some family members right now and I'm trying to say, no, 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 don't, you know... Y- you want to go on a kickstart and you just said, I'm going to, I'm going to go on like a five day juice fast to kickstart my, my weight loss. I was, I'm like going, Oh man, no, 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 no. That's like the worst thing you can do. But then people are like, no, you're, you're a conspiracy theorist. If you think that, you know, I know for, I know. And I got overhearing guys talk in the locker room, like some of these older guys up uh, at the gym that I work out, you know, they're like, uh, uh, yeah, you know, I, uh, I fast like two days a week, which that can be good in some, in some context, but if their only purpose and their only goal in that is to lose weight, and that's kind of what I wanted to get back to what we talked about earlier is I wrote down, uh, you know, myths and results. Like, you, yeah, you, like mm-hmm. Rick, you said you can get results by going on a, a <laughs> diet or something. Yeah, well, what you got to define what results are. Is your results making right. a Right, short-term strategies deliver short-term results. Yeah, and so, so just having a, a weight loss goal to me is not – the answer it has to be an overall health goal and if you are if your body is as healthy as it can possibly be it will not store unneeded unnecessary body fat period and there's and that, that's just one of a myriad of things that it won't do that mm-hmm. that it's it's doing you know when you're doing all these things that that you know aren't quote unquote human so yeah anyway rick i, I do oh, feel elizabeth, like you elizabeth you and i are kindred spirits because uh i 
I don't Mark, Mark, Mark and I have known each other forever. Mark, would you ever say that it's like I was obese? Like I'm no. probably right on that line for uh, several several years. Yeah. But uh, Mark was a chubby kid for like a year and then managed started playing football and then wasn't chubby anymore. But like mm-hmm. you and I know kind of the struggle it seems like of like lifetime oh lifelong like trying to do this doesn't work. Trying to do that doesn't work. Trying to do this. Yeah. Trying one of everything. Like And it what, defines you. Yes, it, it, like I feel like we're kind of speaking the same language here because for so many years, like I would just try one of everything and none, none of it was working. And this is a conversation that I was having with a friend of mine the other day, and I'm going to ask you this question. His <laughs> wife, that uh, she recently had a baby, and uh, she's a stay-at-home mom, but she does some work on the side, but she stays home with the kids and uh, and is stressed out from all that. But she uh, told him that she wanted to lose. 35 pounds in three months, which I'm not sure we had a lot of things going on there, but like, uh, she don't, I don't think she has 35 pounds to lose. Uh, she's not like a particularly super heavy person. Uh, she may be, fi- you know, she may be fighting some of the baby weight. I'm not sure. But, uh, her idea was to get, and she said, I hate running, but I'm going to get up every day and run. Yeah. Like, what do you tell someone that is so entrenched in like, Hey, this is not the right way to do it. And you might, you don't need to like break yourself backwards trying to do this. There's a much easier and a much healthier way to do it, a much longer term. What do you tell someone like that who well, is kind of stuck know, in those ways? Absolutely. So many people are. And to me, it's like, I don't think people are intrigued always by the notion of what's easy or what's healthy, but what people do want to do is something that they enjoy. Like we get in trouble because we want to eat foods we love, right? right? And we want to really indulge in food and we don't exercise because we're doing something we don't love. And so as it relates to wanting to run every morning to take the weight off, first of all, I call exercise when it comes to fat loss a small rock. It's healthy. It's wonderful. It's great. But it's not the primary driver of fat loss. If you, we all have a finite amount of energy and attention and focus. And the first thing that I encourage my clients to work on is food, because that is the primary driver of fat loss, number one. But number two is, so I only have a couple of food rules. The first of which is I eat foods I love that love me back. Because We throw ourselves off when we're like, oh, chicken breast and broccoli, here I come. And then the thing is, even if we are physically satisfied with the food that we've eaten, like hunger curbed, okay, great. If we didn't feel psychologically satisfied, like, ooh, that was good, then that's when we go opening up the fridge an hour after dinner, like, "Hmm, what's in here? So (laughs) for me, it's eating foods I love that love me back. Eating foods I love is like, I look forward to this. This is going to be tasty. It's so good. I want to tell somebody about it. But foods that love me back are foods that I feel good about after I've eaten it. physically and mentally, right? Because like, I love ice cream. Ice cream doesn't love me back. Emotionally afterwards, I'm like, why did I do that? And then (laughs) physically, (laughs) physically after that, I'm kind of like, you know? So it's about finding foods you really, really love and enjoy that love you back. And if you're going to, and you're ready to add on the fitness component, if you don't love it, you're not going to ever maintain anything you don't love unless there are serious repercussions, like losing your job, losing your paycheck, whatever. Um, And typically that's why people are consistent with exercise because they're, they hate it. They dread it. Yeah. They're going to find a million reasons not to. Yeah. What I just was about to say, like thinking it's like, it's the same 
thing with exercise. Like my heart breaks in January, every January, when I'm driving through the neighborhoods or whatever, and I see not. I'm not just driving through random neighborhoods, like looking, for, <laughs> like, <laughs> looking, yeah, <laughs> looking for the elementary Slow schools. Behind the yeah, dockers. yeah. And driving with in my windowless van through neighborhoods, <laughs> peeking in the windows. Hannah Montana concert shuttle. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> anyway, when I'm driving through neighborhoods that I'm driving through anyway and i see people out that that you know obviously are are like okay it's the new year i need i have some weight to lose i'm gonna get i'm gonna jog and they just look like they're just miserable and i and my my heart breaks because i'm thinking that's not something that they're gonna sustain that's only gonna lower their metabolism make them sicker and more inflamed which is gonna just exacerbate the problem the same thing happens with food it's like you said it's like oh I'm getting so tired of the same broccoli every day. Like that's not a sustainable pattern either. And so it doesn't pass my lips if I don't love it. Yes, and that's why like I'm I'm doing something uh-huh. right now where we're like my our listeners will know the alt shift uh, that uh-huh. that I've been doing. And so uh, like on my three shift, I eat rice and I'll do like uh, like frozen fruit and stuff. And to me, that is like getting a big bowl of ice cream. Like I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, and but then when it's time to go back and, and I'm, I'm cycling back on high fat, I love that stuff too. Like I don't eat you know, my mm-hmm. cheese and my, my, my ribeyes and my steaks and ribs and stuff like that. So yeah, it's like I'm the same way. Like if I don't really enjoy something, I don't eat no. it. Yeah. Like the yeah. same thing with movement. If I don't, like I, I work out and I do things that I really love to do. Like my gym is my happy yeah. place. Like that's where mm-hmm. I go to like have fun. Uh, I don't like think, oh, I got to work out so I can eat a donut tomorrow. You know, yeah. like that's not the way to do it. Elizabeth, your food shouldn't be your punishment on, on and your movement? movement shouldn't either. Yes, right. What, what are some of your thoughts, My thoughts Elizabeth, on, on movement? movement? Yeah, there you go. It, it's um, obviously we need to move more. We spend way too much time sitting on our butt. Clearly, yeah. right? No brainer. The the thing is, though, it's not the primary driver of fat loss. Like so many people will go and hit the gym and then they'll overcompensate with what they eat. And and I see this a lot, especially with women like, oh, well, I was so good because I got in the workout. So then I've justified the cupcake. I've justified right. the dessert, whatever. And this is also why a lot of women fear lifting weights. You're not getting bigger because of the movement you're doing. Movement in and of itself breaks down muscle tissue. Exercise is catabolic. Ah, you're I was going to say because that. Because you're overeating. I was going to say catabolic. I feel, Rick, she had a scholarship for like Greek Latin. Like, we really need to up our intellectual game here. <laughs> so, I was going to say catabolic. I was going to interrupt you and be like, catabolic. catabolic. I know that word. She says, she says big words <laughs> and my brain says, okay. <laughs> anyway, okay, sorry. But, So, and I think in general, going back to what we're talking about in terms of doing things you love, moving is awesome, but don't force yourself. Food or exercise should not be punishment, right? And so if you're not at the place where you're ready to move more, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. There are so many other big rocks you can focus on in terms of sleep or stress or food. Nail those first and don't take on more because I feel like... When we try to go on a diet, so many of us will take this approach of trying to do everything all at once. And that's the equivalent of being like, yeah, I know I have a job and a family and everything, but I'm going to try and learn seven different languages at once. And with the 20% of my time that I have to devote to this, each language is just going to get a tiny fraction. I'm going to learn really slowly. I'm going to get really frustrated. And I'm very likely to quit because you're fragmenting your attention and your focus and your willpower and your effort amongst all these things but that's what we do when we diet 
I'm going to eat more fiber. I'm going to drink more water. I'm going to eat less sugar. I'm going to work out four times a week. Like, dial it down and pick one thing. Yeah. See, and for I, most people, starting out, that's not going to be fitness. Right. I used to be sort of anti baby step. I just like, you know, I just rip the bandaid off, just do all the stuff. And I, over the last few years, I've really gotten where, especially with a lot of research I've done on habits and behaviors Mm -hmm. that doing baby steps and all that, it's just like uh, Richard Dreyfuss character in what about Bob that wrote the book, Mm -hmm. baby steps, you know, like that, those just, what a weird reference. That was like, that's a great movie. (laughs) Give me, give me, give me. I I sail, I sail. Oh, that's a great movie. Um, But, you know, those things will compound each other. It's like a snowball effect. Uh, And so now I am, that's what I tell people. Like, just pick one thing and do that. And then that thing will turn into doing that and something else. And then that and something else. Move on when it feels pretty effortless. When it feels like a well-enforced habit. But you're never going to establish a habit if you're juggling 16 different things on top of the rest of your life. Right. Yes. Now, Elizabeth, do you spend time trying to re-educate someone on some of this stuff? All right. Now, step one is you have to unlearn everything that you've been told for 30 years or whatever. Or do you just say, hey, you know what? When someone's in the right kind of headspace to, to be open-minded about this, I'll let them come to me. But do you worry about the beating your head against the uh, against the wall of trying to tell someone, no, no, what you're doing is wrong and here's why it's not working? If people ask me for help, I'm certainly going to point them in the right direction. I put a ton of information. I have three podcast episodes a week. So there is a ridiculous amount of information about what I feel is real and true for fat loss for the human body, not like these machines that people want to sell diet plans to. Um, But, you know, if somebody is adamant that their way is the right way, that's cool. Do what works for you. Like, I'm not here to understand your body. And if it's working for you, do what's working for you. And a lot of people aren't ready to change. They just want to be stubborn. And that's cool. But like, I have other things to do with my time. Yes, that is my that. Oh, that is like my attitude on that stuff absolutely to a T like yeah. and then and then people will ask me like I have friends uh, Rick Braid she's been on the show Rick you know yes, Braid she'll she'll email you know text me and be like can I put you know not anymore she used to will be like can I put uh, uh, honey in my coffee and Elizabeth she's she weighs what does Braid weigh like eight oh pounds? my gosh yeah like four pounds yeah and, total. and I'm like Braid don't like don't stress about putting honey in your coffee. If if you yeah. if you always small put, rock. Yeah, it's like if you always put honey in your coffee and like it's working for you, put honey in your coffee. Don't right you know? exactly that's what I say. I was, like, is it working? Do yeah. you love it? My four questions because everything Ooh. is relative. So when I was at my heaviest, I was having Chick Fil A for breakfast every single morning. So. And I was ordering more than one thing. So I was getting chicken minis and a chicken biscuit and hash browns and the biggest size Diet Coke, right? Now, would I now have a bagel for breakfast? No, not in a million years. Would that have represented an improvement to me starting out? Sure. Going from like four Chick-fil-A entrees and a Diet Coke to a bagel? Yes, Yes. it would have. So my thing is if somebody says toast with Nutella, can I have that? I say, you need to ask yourself four questions. Number one, does this represent an improvement for me? Does it represent, based on whatever I was doing before, is this an improvement? Mm. Number two, how does it make me feel? Does it give me energy? Does it make me crash? Does it give me more cravings? Does it satisfy my hunger? Does it not touch my hunger at all? How does it make me feel? I thought you were going to say, does it make me crap? (laughs) <laughs> well, that that's, too, that's right? the other question to, to answer. <laughs> that's, it's, that's an important thing yes. to consider, right? Um, and then the third question is, do I love it? 
right? Some people are like, oh my God, I can't imagine giving up my, my sweetener and my coffee. That is an important factor. Yeah. That means there's some other something you can improve. Don't tackle something yeah. that's like the one thing you've got to have, right, right? Right. And then the fourth <laughs> thing is, am I getting results? If I had gone from my Chick-fil-A breakfast to a bagel and somebody was like, oh my God, that's awful, right? You need to be having bacon and eggs or whatever. <laughs> Listen, if I was getting results and it was working for me at yeah. that time, then that's fine to do. And at some point, my body will adapt and adjust and then I can work on an improvement. But yeah. those are the four questions I think are so important. Everybody wants to be all black and white. Screw black and white. Everything's yes. gray. I'm writing that in the show notes. Screw Black <laughs> and white. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I have a family member that I referenced earlier, and, and uh, she uh, messaged me this morning and was like, "So that." Uh, and she's she's an older woman. It's my wife's like aunt, and she's probably seventy, and mm-hmm. she's very thin, and she's mm-hmm. lived a long time. And she gets around, and she's have she's you know she's in great physical health. She's all there mentally. Everything's great, and she's asked like, "Okay, can I have this the diet coke that I have one a day and the stevia I put in my coffee? Is that?" And I'm like, "No, that's." Do it if that's you know right. that's working for you. It's fine. Like don't yeah don't. I, right. I love these four questions because mm-hmm. uh, everything is relative. Right, right, and, and that's what I say. With that, the same thing goes for sleep. Same yep. thing goes for amount number of calories you know Absolutely. that you're supposed to eat. How like what your the programming is. All that yep. is all relative, and I think that's the the the. The starting point, and in the email that we went back and forth on, I think that's like the starting point is getting people to care about mm-hmm. w- the changes that they're making. And, yeah. and and paying more attention to their own bodies than yours right. or mine or any Joe Blow. Yeah. Well, okay. So we've got – I'm looking here. We've got about five minutes left. What does okay. a day in the life of Elizabeth Benton look like? I am a pretty like regimented individual. Um, it just is what works for me at this phase of my life. If yeah. it doesn't work next week, I'll change it. Um, but I get up around four thirty in the morning, and oh. I drink an obscene amount of coffee, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it works for me. Um, I Hold on, my, do, you, do you drink it out of like an obscene mug, like a butt mug or something? <laughs> yes, mark a butt mug. No, I saw it. Yeah. I don't yet have a butt mug, but you know, like you're giving my address if you find one, you can send it. Yeah, oh no, my gosh. I do, however, I do drink my coffee with a glass straw. Okay, for your teeth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, for yeah teeth. I've I'm heard that. Heard about that. Yeah, my wife. Does um, that. Yeah. So I I drink a lot of coffee. My biggest work block, I'm most productive in the morning. So from like 4.45 a.m. until about 8 a.m. is a solid work block for me. It's when I do most of my writing. Um, And then I work out from 8.30 to... I'm at the gym for like an hour, but I definitely don't work for an hour. It just kind of depends on what I'm doing. Um, And then I kind of take a little bit of a break after that. And then I work again till maybe six or seven o'clock at night and have dinner. There's brunch in there at some point in time. I usually have two big meals during the day. I don't snack very much. Um, And then I try to be like knocked out of sleep by nine thirty, ten o'clock. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good day. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and I, I like the, you know, that whole, one of the myths is, you know, eating every two hours, having Oh my God, six, no, I seven. kept thinking about food too much for me. I know. Yeah. And Former that's... fat girl, like I can't do that. <laughs> and like, I... Well, I'm like, you're too busy to eat. Like I'm, yeah. I've gone through, like you, Elizabeth, I've gone through like 10,000 different things to try and I've done the eating every two hours and holy crap, yeah, the whole day revolves around food and like, right. because none of it's satisfying because none of it's like, say, uh, you know. High fat, you know, that, that'll keep you full for a long time. It's all quickly processed grains. As soon as you're done eating your last bite, you're thinking about, yeah. okay, next when's my next, next bite? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm just too busy. Like we're all too busy to be doing any. Well, of this. and like when I was uh, when I was playing football, Rick mentioned that earlier. We our our motto every like meal was eat till you gag. Yeah. And it was a, it was, we were trying to gain weight. Mm-hmm. And I remember like that got so exhausting. So it doesn't matter if you're eating a ton or not. You know, I can't imagine doing that and just only being able to eat like half of a rice cake. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. oh, man. For me, a big part of my issue when I was at my heaviest and always dieting was that I was always thinking about food and I was yeah. never really satisfied. And I never felt like, oh, I've eaten enough. You know, I, I just always sort of felt like I need more and it was yeah. miserable. So it just works for me better now to not have food be the center point of my day. Yeah. I love food and I love what I eat. And when it's mealtime, oh, it's mealtime and yeah. I'm going to enjoy every freaking bite. But then I don't want to be like, it's been 37 minutes. When's my snack? No. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're designed, we have food reward systems. We are supposed to love food. Mm-hmm. You know, that is supposed to be a, a, a good part of our day. And if like, if you're eating things that you're like, like you know, bland rice cakes and, and only getting a half of a cucumber, like that's not how it was. That's not the design, but that's right. That's well, why we keep searching. Yeah. Well, Elizabeth, um, I'm about to ask Re- you hey, real quick. Uh, I, a question we should have asked probably like that would have fit better in like 15 minutes ago. Uh, you, when you became, you know, when you adopted this kind of new outlook or what have you, how, mm-hmm. and you said you lost, what did you, how much did, wait, did you almost lose? 150? How long did it take you to lose that? About 18 months. Okay. So a so long that's a, time. That, that's a yeah. really important thing that I want people to understand yeah. is that this is not a, hey, days. I lose 150 pounds in like six months. This is not Hell a biggest no. loser. This is not like a, yeah. this is a process. So if you are listening to this and you have weight to lose, to Hard do work it every day. Yeah. To, to, to bank on more than just a, a few pounds a month is kind of not a super healthy thing to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just wanted from your out from hearing how what you have to say about things. That's what I I, I wanted to make sure that we got that yeah. out. So this is Absolutely. not like a yeah. In January I got this new outlook, and in March I'm running around with my bikini and my my <laughs> no. on. Ooh, like Rick, that, so. talk slower. You're in a bikini. I want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be in a speedo. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. Um, all right. Well, okay. A couple of things. Yep. Uh, the first thing is we have had this is our 111th show, and there we have a, a number of folks that are that have been repeat guests, mm-hmm. and I would like to include you in that group. I mean, we, you, we need to have you back on. Like, it would I, be my I, pleasure. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I, I feel like this is we're cutting this yeah. short, and we're really actually it's going kind of long. So yeah, yeah, and uh, so that's one thing we're going to have you back on. Awesome. Uh, the second thing is, and Rick, we haven't gotten to do this in a while because we've had a lot of repeat guests on. So th- when someone comes on the show, the first time we ask them this question, we ambush them with this question. And it is, and it doesn't have to have anything to do with anything we talked about. Okay. It is, what is one thing you enjoy about life or something you do to make life more enjoyable? I love to read. <sighs> I yes! Love <laughs> uh, Rick's going to hate reading. that. We've kind of got a running joke on the show that Rick Rick's quote is, reading is, or books are for prisoners, uh, that <laughs> I'm only going to read if I'm in prison. That's what he says. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Mark have been tossing around the idea of possibly thinking about maybe t- uh, starting to talk about writing a book, and I'm like, all right, if I get a chapter, it's going to be entitled... So you're in prison now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Well, okay. So real quick, uh, and I'm a big reader too. What uh, What are you reading? What are like? Uh, what are you wanting? What's on your queue? And what are you like reading right now? I I am actually listening to yes. for maybe like a third or fourth time. Um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which is just like a classic that everybody yeah. should be intimately familiar with. Yes. Um, 
And I regularly reread Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, obviously Latin, Latin in me, but so there's smart. nothing better for like life and just being just a, a person yeah. who doesn't let obstacles get in their way. Because dude, obstacles get in our way every second, like every right. 10 seconds. It's like, oh, really? And, and we Nerd just alert. have to be able to overcome that. <laughs> hey, do you, uh, are you big in fiction? Do you like fiction? I, I am, I wouldn't say I'm big into fiction, although I appreciate fiction well i just read the explorers guild that uh kevin costner uh the book that he sort of was a, a co-author on and it I'm is writing that down it was fantastic as far from a fic i mean it's half novel half graphic novel and it's and I, i've never read a graphic novel before but it was uh amazing so i got a graphic novel I, for you i've talked about that before on the show <laughs> but that's like the, the most recent not the fiction i've read and i've got several nonfiction that i'm trying to work through in all the different forms kindle hard hard copy why don't you audible. save this for book talk your other podcast <laughs> yes. mark sorry sorry she said she said something looks like we're kindred spirits well, i'm sitting not- in my office with my leather bound <laughs> volume surrounding me <laughs> surrounded by scotch and uh, yeah, pipes the pipe awesome all right well Elizabeth, this has been awesome. We're going to have you back on. Thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. It's been my joy. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. Thank you, Elizabeth. You can go to her website, find that all on the, uh, we, obviously, we just talked about it, and then go to the show notes. It will all be there. Yes. All right. Several weeks, uh, maybe months ago, Grace emailed us with a pretty funny story, and we, uh, we set up a time to record, and this is Grace from Ohio with the robot attack story. Grace, everyone, is a listener. Um, and we, uh, as we do with everyone, we've ambushed her and we are recording. Um, <laughs> okay. So, and like we do for most of these, I did not refresh my, my e- I didn't look at the email that you sent us initially. So I'm, they're all jumbled up in my head. I can't remember what story you're going to tell. So tell us this funny story. All right. Well, this is, okay, this story occurred like two years ago when I was extremely fresh out of nursing school. Um, So newer nurse, like six months out. And the hospital that I work at, I don't think I'm going to say the name of the hospital, um, but it's a very- T. Boone Pickens Memorial Hospital? Is it something like that? Some big powerful person? (laughs) Um, It's a huge hospital. It's like- internationally ranked and all that. Okay. It's a big place. Right. It's Donald Trump's hospital, yeah. it sounds like. It's Donald Trump's hospital. It's, the reason I say that is it's the type of hospital where the type of thing that happened shouldn't happen. Okay. <laughs> okay. I feel like this is going to be good. <laughs> uh, but it did because of mainly because of me, honestly. Oh, nice. So, so this is what happened. I have this lovely little old man patient who needs to go down for hyperbaric therapy. Hmm. Does he have Um, like an open wound or something? What's the... uh... Well, the floor that I worked on for the first two years of my nursing career was a post-op surgical oncology ward. So Mm. this man had very extensive throat surgery, and they basically reconstructed his throat. Um, And it wasn't really healing spectacularly, so he would get hyperbaric therapy. Okay. Five days a week. Okay, I'm with you. You know who else did that? The guy in Revenant. Michael Jackson. Oh. He, he slept in a hyperbaric chamber, do you know that? Oh, sort of T. Really? 
I don't know. I, I, I oh. think I read that somewhere. Well, he's dead now, so <laughs> yeah, great. It didn't work. It didn't take. So anyways, so this um, man uh, has his throat just destroyed and decimated. And yes, and another important aspect of this story is that this man cannot speak. He has a stoma now, which is a permanent hole in his throat that he will breathe out of. Oh, right. man. Save your, <laughs> save your electronic voice jokes for later, Rick. Hey, hang on a second. Can we pause? I have to go out and get some cigarettes real quick. <laughs> um... So this man communicates with me using a little notepad. So that's how we would talk to each other all day. Okay. And this happened on a Monday. I'd had this man all weekend because we worked 12-hour shifts. So I had him Saturday, Sunday. And then Monday, I have this man again as my patient. But this is the first day that he's going to hyperbaric therapy. Well, I have him because he was – because hyperbaric was closed over the weekend. Whatever. So – some hospital. Yeah. I know, right. So we're going to hyperbaric, and before hyperbaric, he gets a lot of IV pain medication and a big whack and dose of Ativan to relax him because yeah. he's in this tiny chamber for like four hours. Mm. So, Dr. Cosby. Paging Dr. Cosby. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Continue. Okay, I apologize sorry. for Mark. Uh-huh. So I go to flush this man's IV, and it's not working anymore. It's been infiltrated. It's not working. I can't get his pain meds or his anti-anxiety meds into his body. And I'm like, oh, oh crap, because I'm not very good at IVs at this point, oh, like right. at all. Fresh out of nursing school, right? Oh, very fresh. So <laughs> I run and I grab my charge nurse, and I'm like, Kelly, you have to put an IV in him. And I'm panicking because I have to get all this stuff together. He's on a portable heart monitor. I actually have to go with him to this to drop him off at this hyperbaric chamber because his heart needs to be monitored the entire time. So I'm like spazzing out, getting all this stuff together. So my charge nurse comes in and she puts in, she's putting a new IV in, everything's okay. Meanwhile, the transporter, the hospital transporter shows up outside the door because this place is so massive that they don't trust the nurses to take the patients from one place to another because there's just like, there's so many buildings, there's so many hallways, they have this team of people and all that they do is take patients from one place to another. It's like it's like Jason Statham in the movie. He shows up in a in a sports car. <laughs> yes, they need the exactly. transporter. Yes. <laughs> it actually was Jason Statham who showed up. Nice. Mm. lower. <laughs> so no, so this hospital transporter shows up. And he's like, oh, what, the patient's not ready to go? And I was like, no, he's not. He's getting a new IV in. Like, hold your horses. And so the guy leaves. Like, he takes the transportation cart, and he leaves. Oh, and I was like, he's him. got so many other people to transport. He can't wait, like, five minutes? No, they don't. They don't wait. This guy just up hmm. and left, and I was really mad. And so I went into my patient's room, and I sat down on his bed, and I told him, hey, I'm going to be driving you to hey, the test. Hey, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We're not going to make it, yeah. so pow. <laughs> okay, sorry. So you say. Okay. I sat down, and I got real with him, and I told him, hey, I'm going to be driving you in your bed. I don't know where it is. I don't know how to get there. I'm not good at driving these beds. And this Sounds sweet like a plan. Thing, I know, right? This sweet little old man who I'd been working with all weekend wrote me this note, and he goes, Honey, I trust you more than any of those idiots that usually drive oh, me around. How so sweet. It's the Let's last go. mistake he ever made. <laughs> I know. And so he gives me a high five, and I'm like, Okay, we can do this. And I slowly, like, I start to push him out into the hallway. 
and down the hall and this wonderful little old man. So I'm pushing this huge hospital bed down a hall. What he's doing is he's lifting his arms up because so all I can see is his hands like over the top of the bed and he's pointing me in the right direction. <laughs> like he's flipping you the double birds as you're... I was about uh... to say, at least he'll be able to communicate with you non-verbally here. <laughs> yes, yes, he was. So like we, we reached our first turn and he pointed like turn left and I was like, oh, all right, we got this. We're good. I almost hit someone at one point and he like held both hands up like, whoa, stop. <laughs> It was very helpful. So I have a, a loose idea of how to get there. So I take him like across a bridge connecting two hospitals into the old wing of the hospital, down a elevator. We had to go to another elevator. So we're, we go on this journey and it's, it's ridiculous, like the length of the journey. Yeah. So I end up in the right building. I know that I'm in the proper building and we get in an elevator and I take him down to the ground floor because that's where I was told to go. And the elevator doors open up and I push this man out into the room that we've arrived in. Into the open elevator cavity with no elevator and he just falls <laughs> it, down Either to the that floor. or it's the morgue. <laughs> um, it was close to the morgue. The, the room that I took him into was basically like the underbelly of the hospital like where the laundry gets done, where all the broken equipment is, like it's like it's environmental services. Is down there. Oh my it's God. the place in the hospital that you don't want to take patients. Like you don't want them to know that this place exists. Like it's huge <laughs> and it's scary and it's awful. It smells like diarrhea. It smells like diarrhea. It it looks like the warehouse yes. that Freddy Krueger like kills people in. Oh that's God. what it. Sh- <laughs> like, that's Blood splattered on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm going to the side of the bed and I said, hey, does this look familiar to you? Like, have you ever seen this before? And he nods at me. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you, so you're thinking, yeah, yeah. So you're like, okay, I'm in the right place. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I guess I should continue my journey and take this man to his procedure, whatever. And I, the other thing about this room that I need to tell you guys about is in this hospital, there are robots that zoom around and deliver a bunch of the supplies. Wait, are we talking about the year like 2015? Or are you the, are you from the future? I'm from the future, actually. Oh wow! No, no, this is actually in big hospitals. They have these supply robots, and they're on these like paths, and they just zoom around and they take oh like God. laundry up to the floors, or they take like old broken beds, all, and they just zoom around all over the place. I'm imagining like a whole bunch of little like uh, R2-D2s from Star Wars <laughs> zipping around. It's exactly like that. Yeah, okay. Um, and I'd heard of these robots. I'd never actually seen them before. And I was like, oh my God, these things actually exist. Cool. And so we begin our journey across this huge room, this like cavernous, awful, smelly room. And there aren't any people around. That's the other thing. It's just us. So we begin our journey across this room. And we're walking and we're walking and there are robots all over, but they all have motion detectors. So when they get too close to us, they go like object in path and they start going the other way. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, cool. We're fine. We're totally good. This is going to be fine. I am panicking a little bit because I don't know where I'm going. So I'm just looking around for a person. And finally I spot a maintenance worker and I'm like, oh my God, thank God. And I run over to the maintenance worker. 
hey, I have this patient here. We're trying to get to hyperbaric. I was told it's by the emergency department. And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 you're good. You're good. Keep going. And you're going to make a right up here and blah, blah, blah. And he gives me directions. And as I'm standing there getting directions from this very nice maintenance man, my patient's bed is sitting, like I locked it, and it's sitting like 20 feet away from me. And I'm watching across this warehouse as this robot, like one of the supply robots, is like starting to head towards my patient's bed. <laughs> and I'm just standing there watching, like, oh, okay, all right, there it comes. Okay, okay. It's going to stop. Oh, my God. It's going to stop. No! <laughs> so this robot, yeah, they're supposed to stop. And this robot is like... <laughs> Like zooming along, zooming along, zooming along, zooming along, and I'm like, oh my god, because it wasn't stopping, and it like keeps going, keeps going, bam, hits my patient's bed. Oh no! Like slams into the side of my patient's bed, and I'm at this point like peeing my pants, like, oh my god, he's dead now, yeah. and I run <laughs> over to the side of the bed. And this sweet, wonderful little old man is sitting in the bed, and he just looks stunned. And his heart monitor is like, better than if it was just going. That's mm. <laughs> true. That's true. At least he had a rhythm to to be beeping at me about. And I run up to him. And I'm like, Oh my god, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm freaking out. And he looks at me. He's just kind of like looking around like he's dazed and he holds out his hand like he wants his pen and his paper. And I was like, okay, all right. And I give him his little pen and his little paper. And the first thing he writes down to me is, did you get his license number? Uh, <laughs> but um, cha. he's still <laughs> got a sense like, of humor. Yes. Oh, man. You're okay, little dude. Man. We're all right. I thought you were going to say you turned around and looked at his bed and there were like robots completely surrounding his bed, sta stabbing him with kitchen knives. What <laughs> were the flamethrower? <laughs> robot fuel. This man contains robot fuel. And we just get murdered in that candle. Yeah, yeah, that would be crazy. But so you made it to hyperbaric, I'm assuming. So we made it to hyperbaric. Yeah. So I like, I'm at this point because he's okay. Oh, the other thing he wrote to me is he wrote me this note and he like winked at me after. So I was like, oh, we're okay. Uh -huh. He wrote me a note and he goes, when I get back to my room, I'm calling my attorney. Uh, I own this place. Oh, great. <laughs> and you're like, all right, sir. And you just like shove him into the incinerator. <laughs> <laughs> and leave him in the basement. Who would find him? Honestly. Sir, the robot. The robot would find him down there. <laughs> so yeah so basically i we make it to hyperbaric he's laughing i'm laughing and then i have to carry this like 45 pound heart monitor back to the floor i don't know oh. how to get there where's a stupid robot when you need one <laughs> <laughs> carry the thing for you <laughs> awesome. yeah well so there it is rick what should what should the title of that one be the robot attack a robot attack i think that? that's a good one robot yeah. attack. It's a awesome. robot attack and interestingly one of my patients, um, like six months ago, very recently, was telling me that he designed that system. What? Like, I just randomly had the guy and I was like, oh, do you know what happened? Like, and I told him that story and he was like, oh my God. You're like, let me tell you why your robots suck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let me tell you about the time I almost killed someone. Yeah, because with your robot. <laughs> 
Awesome. Well, Grace, that was greatness. Hang out for just a second. I'm going to stop the recording, but we really appreciate you being on the Simply Human podcast. The the award nominated. Is that how you say that? No, stop it. The Paleo Magazine nominated. Anyway. All right. Well, thanks for being on. Thank you, Grace. And uh, that was great. I hope, you know, like I said, uh, she has been able to avoid robots. I, I think of uh, like the Terminator when I think of robots and attacking. Is that the first thing you think of? I've been thinking about like R2 units all morning because of the Star Wars stuff. Now I can hear my mm-hmm. kids watching Empire Strikes Back. So I can just think of like an R2-D2 smashing into this guy's yeah. bed. They're in there watching uh, uh, Star Wars and working on their uh, math late skills. Yep. Just all nerd stuff. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. It is now time for the Simply Human Tip of the Week, something you can start doing today to become a more healthy human, and I don't know what it's going to be, Rick. Okay. Well, I don't typically talk uh, in specifics about work stuff on the podcast. Obviously, we have you know Rick's Cop Corner every now and then, and I'll answer questions, but there are several reasons why, mostly because my job is actually pretty boring, and uh, All right. you know, I don't think my job would actually appreciate me talking things in specifics, and also I think the people I deal with wouldn't appreciate me talking about them. Uh, in the open air on the podcast, but I'm going to make a slight exception here on uh, part of what me and my partner Colt already referenced once in this podcast. Part of what we're doing right now is trying to create a uh, mental health specialty unit where basically that's, you know, the focus of what we're doing is, is helping our people that have, uh, you know, that have suffered from some kind of mental illness, uh, whatever. Could y'all help me? And okay, you need help, <laughs> idiot. Well, uh, that leads me to be in contact with quite a few people that are having uh, pretty difficult times. Uh, I kind of think a lot about this, and the main theme of my job is desperation. Like, what what do you do for someone who is literally at the end of their rope and who's very desperate? On Christmas Eve, uh, and I'll tell this, this part of the story very generally, but on Christmas Eve, I got to meet a, a gentleman. His name is Clayton. I'm not going to give his last name, but uh, Clayton was having a pretty difficult time. Uh, and yada, yada through most of this, uh, uh, Christmas, he decided that Christmas Eve, you know, we built kind of a rapport and we talked for quite a while and he decided that Christmas Eve wasn't the night that he was going to kill himself. And I got to know him, you know, I guess as good as you can know somebody without, you know, extended conversations over weeks and months. We talked for quite a few hours and I got to take him to the hospital and uh where he was evaluated and hopefully you know hopefully he's alive right now i don't know i haven't you know seen or talked to him but he told me some things on the way to the hospital uh that i have been reflecting on quite a bit and one of the things that he told me you know as police officers we always kind of are wondered you know what comes first chicken or egg type of thing what makes people the way they are is it how they're how they're raised or is it how they are wired or whatever i think there's a little bit to both of it but he told me a lot of things about his upbringing and his background and uh, just how his interactions were with his parents. And uh, it made me think a lot. And I told him, you know, we, we talked and he asked if I have kids. And I said, I got two boys and they're seven and four. And he told me to never miss a chance to tell them that, uh, <clears throat> that I am proud of them and that I love them. Yeah. Because he missed a lot of that, and it kind of caused a lot of havoc in his life growing up because he admits it now, being in his 30s, that, yeah, a lot of the stuff he did when he was younger was to try to get the attention of his, of his dad and of his parents. Yeah. 
And uh, I've been thinking a lot about that and kind of ruminating on that. And my tip of the week for all of you is to, it doesn't have to be your children. It doesn't have to be your spouse, your boyfriend or girlfriend or anybody. But don't miss an opportunity to tell somebody what they mean to you if they're important to you. Um, You don't have to go around like hugging the lady who checks you out at the grocery store for her awesome job. But your close friends, your coworkers, your friends, your family, anybody that's important to you, let's try to seek out opportunities where we can tell them what exactly they mean to us because um, you sometimes life is, is pretty fleeting yeah. and you're not sure if you're going to get another chance to say those things. Yeah. And we want to make sure that those things don't go unsaid. Yeah. And not just like tagging someone on Facebook and saying, you know, like that, I guess there's a place for that, but a real meaningful interaction is eyeball to eyeball. Kind and of it can way. be embarrassing. I've yeah. been trying to do this and it can be kind of awkward sometimes, but you know, little things like a guy at work uh, did a really good job, and a guy that I don't not particularly friends with, but he on some you know, incident he did a really good job, and I sought him out and I looked at him and was like, "Hey, you did a really good job on that. That was a good police work." And he was kind of like, "Take it because we don't really do that, that all that often." But it's even things like that. So let's. You don't want those kind of words to be unsaid when uh, when it comes down to it. People need to know where they stand with you, yeah. and so if there's somebody that means something to you, take an opportunity every single day to tell them what they think of you, what, well, what you think of them. I should and say. if you don't have people in your life like that, that you can share life with, like in those types of, of uh, contexts and in those uh, types of circumstances, like it doesn't matter if, if you eat or sleep or, or man, you know, like what, what, why, if you're out all alone in the woods and you don't have like people to share life with, like who cares how healthy, you know, like none of, none of it makes sense. So, I think everyone can probably examine their their existence and find at least a few people, some yeah. kind of a network where they can they can reach out to people that way. So but because of that point, that is probably the greatest tip of the week we've ever had in 111 episodes. How about that? Well, I do what I can. <laughs> awesome. Well, there you go. Tip of the week: tell someone you love them, or that you're proud of them, or that you appreciate them, or just yeah, just tell people stuff. Don't miss a chance to tell somebody something like that. You, you don't want to have missed out when it, you know, if it gets to be too late. There it is. And with you that, go. you need to to get off the phone and go watch uh, Star Nerds with your sons. Yes, Star, Star Wars. Nerds. Star That's Wars. The title of it. Sorry, Star Wars. Sorry, I love Star Wars. Hey everyone, Wars. Lee, call five three zero forty two human and tell Mark what an idiot he is for like <laughs> nerding out on Star. Oh, Star Wars is only for nerds. I love Star Wars. Yeah, it's just the, the most fu- popular movie that's ever yeah, been created. Right. And that's ever. the funny thing is like I love I love Star Wars. Like, but so I just like to give you a hard time. Just because. now, well, there's your and remember, yeah. I love Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of the Simian Podcast. Coming up next time, we've got Molly Galbraith coming back on the show. Dave Wilton is coming back on the show, or yeah, it's his first time to be on the show. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think we've had Dave. Yeah, he works at Jim Laird's gym. Uh, and then we've got... Jim Kate- Laird's dog is going to be back on, yeah. barking in the background, nonstop, for 20 minutes. Katie Bowen is going to be back on. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have Rob Wolf off. Rob Wolf on? Not off. We want him on. Uh, we're not going <laughs> to have Rob, Rob Wolf off. Um, so uh, if you have, you know, the Elizabeth one today Elizabeth we had her on today because a listener emailed me and said hey you need to check this website out so if you have somebody like that that maybe you know is in your world that you get information from that 
you know hasn't been on the show or you don't know if we've connected with them, shoot us an email, simulastyle at gmail.com. Let us know. I'll reach out, and a lot of times we can get them on. Um, and, uh, as opposed to getting them off. So, um, <coughs> all right. So you heard the email address. Uh, Rick's email is simply human li- or simply human Rick at gmail.com. Please leave us a review on iTunes, good or bad. We've gotten a lot of reviews. Thank you. To yeah, a lot everyone. of reviews. A lot of a uh, lot of uh, narrative reviews we've gotten lately too. So thank you for all of you people oh. who do that. That's gonna do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. And remember, I go in order of perceived filthiness. Okay. Because I don't want to, like, wash my nards first and get, like, my nard germs all over, like, my chest and stuff. So until next time, enjoy yourself.